Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. Today, I'm going to talk about the importance of sleep. On average, we need to have about seven to eight hours of sleep per night. There is a lot of research that suggests that if we don't get enough sleep, it can impair our decision-making and affect our emotions. Tests on intelligence, creativity, attention, and memory all show lower performance with sleep deprivation. There are several stages to our sleep. Stage one is a light sleep that begins when you fall asleep. During stage two, the heart rate slows and the body temperature drops. Stages three and four are a deeper sleep where the body is able to repair itself. The final stage, called REM or rapid eye movement, is the stage where we dream. It takes about 90 minutes for your body to go through one complete sleep cycle, and we go through several of these cycles each night. The sleep phases go in order like this. One, two, three, four, three, two, one, REM, one, two, three, four, three, two, REM, and so on. That would represent two complete sleep cycles. According to the National Sleep Foundation, if you add up all the time of REM sleep during a typical eight-hour night, it averages between 90 minutes to two hours. But it's not continuous. Those 90 to 120 minutes are divided among the multiple sleep cycles. It's interesting to note that the REM time in each cycle is not equally distributed. The length of time changes, but it follows a pattern. During the first sleep cycle, the REM time is very short, just a few minutes. It gets a little longer during the second cycle, and then significantly longer during the third and fourth cycles. So almost all of the night's REM sleep takes place during those last two sleep cycles. This is very important to understand because if you reduce your sleep by a couple of hours, let's say you slept for six hours rather than eight, you might think that you've still gotten most of a good night's sleep. And in terms of total hours, that is certainly true. You may have missed out on only about 25% of your sleep time. But by missing that last sleep cycle, which typically has a long REM stage, you may have lost up to 40% of your REM sleep time. Your brain needs REM sleep like it needs nutritious food. Research shows that your brain doesn't turn off when you go to sleep. Rather, it's shifting into a different mode of activity that we need in order to support our regular brain function. Scientists have done some fascinating studies to learn about the purpose and function of REM sleep. In one study, they interfered with the participants' sleep cycles to deprive them of REM sleep. The scientists monitored the participants, and as soon as they entered that REM phase, the researchers woke them up, talked for a few minutes, and then let them go back to sleep. Now, we can't just re-enter the sleep cycle at the REM stage, so you have to start over again at phase one. So their sleep pattern went like this. One, two, three, four, three, two, one. One, two, three, four, three, two, one. And so on with no REM sleep cycles. In this study, the participants got eight hours of sleep, but none of that time was REM sleep. And then the scientists observed the participants to see if there were any changes in their cognitions and behavior. They found that depriving people of REM sleep impaired creativity and problem-solving abilities. 
It also reduced their ability to control and regulate their emotions. They noticed an increase in angry outbursts and mood swings. Their brains just didn't function very well without experiencing those REM phases. So our REM sleep is very important, and we still don't know all of the reasons why, but we do know that part of the REM function is the process of dreaming. And the way that we dream changes throughout the night. During that first REM phase, early in the evening, that short one, our dreams may be about recent events, and they may be very literal. However, as the night progresses, the dreams tend to become more abstract. For some reason, this replay and abstraction process is critical to optimal memory, high-level creativity, problem-solving ability, and cognitive function, even though we rarely remember those dreams. I'm going to mention just a few things that can affect the quality of our sleep, including things that may affect our REM sleep. Most people aren't aware that napping can be destructive to REM sleep, and I'll explain why. First of all, most naps are shorter than 90 minutes, which is the time required for a full sleep cycle that includes REM sleep. And even if a nap is 90 minutes, remember that the REM sleep stage is very short for the first cycle. Taking a nap during the day often reduces the amount of sleep you get the following night, which may significantly reduce the amount of REM time. Our bodies seem to perform better when we get seven to eight hours of continuous sleep in order to optimize the amount of REM sleep. Now, as I'm saying this, I'm sure someone is thinking, well, what about power napping? For a while, power napping was considered to be the magic bullet that was the best solution for productivity. Research does show that power napping will indeed benefit a person who is sleep deprived. It boosts cognitive functioning and improves performance. However, some sources suggest that the data is a little bit skewed because most of the data about power napping includes participants who were sleep deprived. So power napping is indeed better than trying to function when you're sleep deprived, but it's not as good as getting a full night's sleep. Insomnia is the condition of having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, and it affects millions of people. Many turn to prescription sleep medication, and while any sleep is better than no sleep, there are some problems with medicated sleep. Standard sleep medications seem to disrupt REM sleep. There are some natural supplements, such as melatonin, which may provide a good short-term benefit, but our bodies tend to develop a tolerance to these sleep medications over time, and they become less effective. Research shows that the best way to combat insomnia is to work in harmony with the body's natural systems. Our sleep is influenced by multiple sources, but Dr. Peter Vishjan, a professor at William & Mary College, suggests that the best way to combat insomnia is to strengthen your unconscious association between your bedroom and sleep. Our sleeping patterns are regulated by subconscious programs and we can affect those programs by what we do. Researchers notice that a majority of people who struggle with insomnia are also using their bedrooms as a place for watching movies, working on the computer, making phone calls, or eating. Doing these activities in our bedrooms train these subconscious systems that regulate sleep that going to bed doesn't necessarily mean sleep. 
It might mean working, playing, thinking, or entertainment. Screen time is particularly disruptive to the systems that tell your body to sleep. The internal clock inside our brain is designed to wake up when it is light. It has receptors that are particularly sensitive to blue light. When this blue light strikes the receptors, it disrupts our internal clock function and reduces your brain's release of melatonin, which is the chemical in our body that promotes sleep. Furthermore, blue light doesn't always look blue. White light contains a mix of many wavelengths of light, including blue, so it has the same effect in the receptors in the brain. Light signals the brain that it's time to get up, not that it's time to go to sleep. Now, there are things that we can do to help create good sleep habits, which are sometimes referred to as sleep hygiene. These things can help us to get a good night's sleep. Here are a few suggestions that can improve your sleep health. First, turn your bedroom into a sleep haven. Make sure that it is orderly and comfortable. Remove televisions and computers. Strengthen your unconscious association between your bedroom and sleep. Make your bedroom peaceful and conducive to sleeping by keeping it quiet, cool, and dark. If you live in a noisy area, you might try using earplugs. If light pollution is a problem, you can try room darkening shades. It's a good idea to have a good quality mattress and pillow. You spend nearly one-third of your life in bed, so this is a place that is worthy of a good investment. Another suggestion is to exercise during the day. There is solid evidence that regular exercise can improve the quality and duration of sleep, but it's a good idea to not do it right before you go to bed. Dim or turn off the lights at least 30 minutes before going to bed. Turn off computer screens, televisions, phone screens, and so forth at least 30 minutes before going to bed. It's a good idea not to take a nap during the day, but if you find that you really just need a nap in order to make it through the day, maybe take a 30-minute power nap so you'll be less likely to interfere with that sleeping at night. Following a consistent schedule is very helpful in getting a good night's sleep. Going to sleep and waking up at the same time every day is crucial for setting your body's internal clock, those circadian rhythms. Staying consistent also means that the quality of your sleep will be better. Studies show that it's best to avoid alcohol, caffeine, and nicotine for at least four hours before bedtime so you'll have time for the effects to wear off. It's true that alcohol can help you feel sleepy, but it tends to decrease the quality of sleep. Another suggestion is to follow a consistent evening routine. Having a repeated, relaxing ritual that you do every night helps to signal your body that it's time to settle down. Activities like reading, listening to calming music, or taking a warm bath are excellent choices. Remember that watching TV, looking at laptops, tablets, or smartphone screens trigger your brain to stay awake, so it's best to stop doing these kinds of activities at least 30 minutes before going to bed. Sometimes we find ourselves wide awake during the night and struggle to drift back to sleep. Here are some ideas to help you fall back asleep. The first, 
is to avoid your phone. If you find yourself wide awake and are struggling to drift back to sleep, don't reach for your phone to scroll through Facebook or check email or play video games. Remember that the light from screen sends a signal to your body that it's time to be awake, regardless of what time it is. Also, these kinds of activities can easily suck you in for a lot longer than you intended. Another suggestion is to cover the clock. Constantly checking to see what time it is, how long you've been awake, or how many minutes or hours are left until morning can cause stress and anxiety to build, which makes it difficult to fall back asleep. Before you know it, you can be stuck in a frustrating cycle where your inability to sleep causes stress and your stress keeps you from sleeping. So one suggestion is to turn your clock toward the wall or toss a shirt or blanket over it to keep yourself from sneaking a peek. Another suggestion is to get out of bed if you find yourself tossing and turning for long periods of time. Go to a different room and do a quiet, soothing activity like reading a book or sipping a cup of herbal tea. Keep the lights dim to remind your body that it's still nighttime. And when your eyelids start to droop, try going back to bed. Although getting out of bed may seem counterintuitive when you're desperately trying to fall asleep, Sometimes, changing to a different location can help prevent the mind from creating a negative association between the stress of not sleeping and the space that you're lying in. Another suggestion is to practice relaxing. Progressive muscle relaxation is one way to get your mind and body to relax. Another is to practice deep breathing. Or you could try counting backwards from 100 to help interrupt if you have racing thoughts. The goal is to focus on the present moment and to let go of ruminating thoughts or any tension that may be keeping you awake. I invite you to try a two-week sleep challenge. Make an effort to get eight hours of sleep each night for two weeks and see if you notice an improvement in the way that you feel. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Gandhi. Each night when I go to sleep, I die. And the next morning, when I wake up, I'm reborn. See you next time on Linda's Corner.